Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to the Career Catharsis Podcast. I'm your host, Neha Kuram. Today, I will be chatting with Michelle Wax, the founder of American Happiness Project, a movement across the United States focused on creating more joy in the everyday. Michelle works with top companies and schools across the U.S. to help teams thrive in uncertainty, use stress to their advantage, and create positive mindsets. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation and learn a thing or two on how to develop a happier work life. Hi, Michelle. It's so great to have you on the Career Catharsis podcast. I'm excited to be sharing a little bit about your career story with my listeners today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So I'd love to know how you got to where you are. So, you know, your journey as an entrepreneur, three-time entrepreneur, and your work in spreading joy across America through the American Happiness Project. Would love to know what really what, what really kickstarted your journey there. Of course. Yeah. So I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a kid, had the lemonade stand growing up. And um, after, you know, college, I got a job at a tech startup. I'm from Boston. So I was here in Boston and had always wanted to start a company. And so I started small um, and started on the side of my full-time job with a cookie catering company and um, expanded out to have an additional company in the food industry that was a kitchen incubator space um, for local food companies to start and grow their companies. And I reached this point where, you know, I work hard. I'd, I'd grown those companies to a point where I had teams, they were profitable, all that good stuff that I think a lot of us are striving for in that, in that world. And I found myself waking up and not really feeling the happiest. And I thought I should be happier than I was internally feeling. Um, because my whole life I had really been taught, you know, you work hard, you get what you want, and then you'll be happy. And so I started digging into really what's happening in the brain in terms of happiness levels, fulfillment levels, um, why we kind of naturally go to that place of stress and worry and kind of those more negative emotions and started to make uh, tweaks in my own life to, you know, go from waking up feeling that stress and that self-doubt to feeling really energized and excited for life. And I really found passion and um, interest in that, that world. And so I had an idea, um, you know, I'm just one person, but what if I could capture perspectives all across the country on how people are creating more of this internal happiness and fulfillment that I think most people are craving, right? Mm -hmm. um, most people want to want to be happy with their lives and what they're doing day to day. And so had the idea to film the American Happiness documentary in 2019. And ever since then have now expanded out to doing mental wellness workshops for companies, schools, organizations that really help people implement, you know, strategies that are going to create more of those positive emotions day to day. So things like the science of happiness, how to start using it to your advantage, um, building positive habits, generating more energy naturally, those type of things that they can start incorporating into their daily life. Love it. Love it. So what would you have, what would you say has been the most impactful advice that you've received that you'd like to pass on to listeners? Mm, that's a great question. And I've, I've done so many interview, interviews now with people. So hundreds and hundreds, and <laughs> it's hard to, as you can imagine, choose just one, but 
I would say the, the line that I keep coming back to, um, well, to take a step back, really the common theme for happiness day to day was making sure that you're choosing it. And it really comes from this internal place of how you're interpreting what's happening around you, not necessarily what's actually happening. So that mindset component was really powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but there was one interview in California with a man named Monroe, mm -hmm. and he said to me that you are protected on this earth until you've served your purpose. And that really struck me, struck me for some reason. And he went on to say, you know, it could be what you're creating, right? It could be your job or your family or your podcast or your business, or it could be something really small that you don't even know is your purpose, right? Having one conversation with someone or, you know, sharing something at the right moment with someone. And that was really interesting to me and something that I think about quite often. I love that. Yeah, I think people have all kinds of definition of joy. And I think sometimes people will confuse success with joy or, or think that that is what joy is. And then how do you define success, right? Um, and, and all this talk about external motivators, internal motivators. I'd love to know, I know that you've, you've done a lot of research around this, spoken to so many people. But, you know, if you were to kind of talk about success, let's say, since I know that a lot of the folks listening to the to the show are particularly either job seekers, you know, looking for a change or other other business professionals looking to kind of, you know, enjoy the work that they do. So I, I think we have this idea of, you know, having a purpose at work or like finding finding meaning in, in what we do. But. Your, what are your thoughts around, you know, success, work, and joy, like those three things, like how are they related? Are they not as related as, as we've been told? Like, what is the story around that in your opinion? I love that question. And I think it's really important to become clear on the emotions you want to be experiencing day to day. And there's often ways to create those emotions that isn't necessarily maybe the job title you think you want or you think you need or the level of money in your bank account. And that's often what we're craving to begin with. Like if you want any achievement or, or goal in life, it's likely because you think you're going to be happier, feel more fulfilled or, you know, whatever it is. And so what I recommended, what I um, do on a pretty consistent basis is create a words to live by list that really capture those emotions you want to be feeling. So a couple of mine, and they're actually behind me on the wall. You can't really see it, okay. but um, things like joy, things like energy, right? Peace, maybe inner calm, whatever it is for you, but becoming aware of those emotions and how that ties into the activities or the things you're doing in your job or your career and how you can create more of those, I think is the ultimate success when you're really creating those emotions day to day. Um, and that can be, you can kind of um, mold that to whatever you're doing in your career or job um, at the same time. Absolutely. And I love that words to live by. So I often hear a lot about values and, you know, we're, we're looking for partners that embody the same values. We're looking for a company that embodies the same values and, and nobody really defines the values, right? Like we get to define those values for ourselves, but having a words to live by list, I think is like a really great start um, to just kind of visualize and connect with, with values really, right? Um, and that's sort of like a foundation for, for what we want to invite into our life and, and what we want to kind of expand on and, um, and create. 
Um, so I'm wondering, you know, just just to kind of hear your thoughts on what companies can do to to be more caring, you know, of their employees' well-being and to create cultures that um, contribute to joy in the workplace. Mm, absolutely, and I work mostly with HR leaders who bring me into their companies. And so my first question is always, you know, what is your team challenged with or struggling with currently? And recently for, for actually the last couple of months, it's been burnout and, you know, feeling not as supported in those areas, um, the stress and things like that. And I think the first piece of it is becoming self-aware or awareness of your team, your employees of, you know, what they are challenged or struggling with and asking them. And then beyond that, making sure that along with the strategies or, you know, whatever you're providing to provide that mental wellness support, um, really encouraging leadership to embody that and not just say it. Um, because I often hear from people that even though maybe their manager is telling them something, their manager is modeling a different type of behavior, right? Even though their manager is saying, you know, take time when you need it, make sure you're signing off and not looking at Slack or checking your emails their managers are still doing that. So they feel as though they have to be doing it, right? And so making sure that leadership and managers are, you know, walking the, the talk that they're relaying to people and making sure that people feel supported, they feel as though they can take those breaks. Um, and that really the best way is, you know, embodying it and taking the action on it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think so much of the behavior that we wanna see, you know, um, across the board really starts with leadership. Um, so really making sure that, you know, in terms of breaks, like even if you're like scheduling, a, you know, you're out of office for break, um, making it visible on your calendar and, and that way everyone can see that and doesn't feel weird about it, right? Um, you know, I've heard the term bio break, right? Like sometimes when people are burning hot and like just, you know, throughout the day back to back, um, you know, you got to remind yourself that you're human. You got to go out there and, and maybe just stare at the clouds for a bit, go for a walk, go eat something, you know, um, these little things, I think, especially in the startup world where, you know, I've, I've worked with tons of startups. Um, and, and that's something that I think, you know, they, they do, they had rather, you know, with all the perks, at, you know, in terms of catered lunches and creating an office environment that, you know, reminds you to kind of just also be playful and, and enjoy enjoy the long hours that you're putting in. And I think with the work from home culture that we have now, I think a lot of people have had to kind of step up and create those spaces for themselves at home, but also not feeling guilty, right? Because like when you're on your own, you might be glued to your laptop. So curious to know what advice you would have for people that might've been used to an environment where they were being taken care of in a way, right? With those catered lunches, with like you know, even something as, as small as like comfortable bean bags and, you know, other little things that they might miss about the office where they were taken care of. How can, how can we kind of encourage people to create a space like that for themselves working at home? Mm, that's a great question. I think it's being aware of what environment you're working best in. Like I know, cause working from home, right? You could really work from anywhere. You could work from your couch, your desk, right? But I think having a space that you feel productive in or you feel motivated in is really powerful and having the energy of that space. And then along with that, you know, becoming self-aware, because it's going to be different for everyone of like, what is motivating to you? What is like energizing to you? 
And making sure you're holding yourself accountable to actually incorporate that. Like you were saying, you know, maybe getting outside for a couple minutes. If that helps you feel rejuvenated and restored, even if it's just a couple minutes, making sure that you're putting that in your calendar, making it known or setting an alarm so you don't just kind of get stuck in or, you know, consumed by a project. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, making sure that you're in that environment in the space, even if it's just a corner of your apartment, you know. Yeah. Um, that can, that can have that good environment. And then also holding yourself accountable to take care of yourself. Cause I think we're often the first to kind of either beat ourselves up internally, right. That inner self dialogue or, you know, to help others before we help ourselves and take care of ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's going to be a bit different for everyone, but really just start with giving yourself permission to even think of like what, you know, um, what do I need and what can I do for myself um, that is going to, you know, uh, bring more joy to my work day and, and bring more joy to me overall, right? So practicing a bit of that self-care um, as, as we work from home and we'll probably be doing so for, you know, um, I think a lot of companies have just made that switch overall. Um, mm-hmm. Question about what keeps you personally inspired and, and driven in the work that you do. Ooh, these are all such great questions. I feel like ones I don't normally get either. So thank you. Um, so what keeps me inspired because I feel like, you know, like everyone, I have days where I wake up and I'm not feeling the most motivated. I don't really want to do anything. But for me, it's the conversations I have kind of in like the random moments, right? It's like striking up a conversation with someone out in the world, going back and like rewatching interviews, like having those conversations that seem like very simple and like basic human nature is really what keeps me, keeps me inspired and keeps me, you know, going at it with American happiness Um, and being able to share that as well with people, because it's interesting, you know, certain people are obviously going to resonate with certain people more than others. And so being able to provide the different perspectives um, has been really great as well. I love that. So just having those moments of connection with people and being able to, really just, I think, expand, expand your experience, you know, talking to so many different people. Like I, I too really enjoy, you know, part of, part of my job is recruiting. Um, so I talk to tons of people and, and I think everyone just has something that you can learn from. Right. And, and, and it's nice when you get to that level of depth in a conversation. Um, so while I do interviews, I, I, you know, usually will get to some level of depth with a lot of people, but even those random little moments, I think, and, and, you know, that might even be something that I think we're missing for, for the people who are, you know, working from home. Um, and, you know, just to let you know, right here in Toronto, we're still under lockdown. Um, but we hopefully will be, you know, a bit more, um, I think we're safe to kind of get out again in about a week or so. But um, that being said, you know, that spontaneity in conversation and connection that we used to have um, is a little bit lost, or I think people miss it. Um, and, and that energy exchange during the day when you're going around doing your errands or even just like, you know, in between meetings, if you're kind of like going to get a cup of coffee at the kitchen and at your office, like those little moments can mean so much. Um, so, so I guess like going back to what you were saying, like, you know, I'd I'd love to kind of like understand a little bit better, like, um, you know, what is your typical day like, like, are you on the road? Are you, you know, doing calls and like, what kind of opportunities for connection do you have? And and what is it about that, that you really enjoy? Yeah. So currently, you know, mainly have been working virtually like many people, um, throughout the past year and a half, but, 
Um, generally I, so I operate best in the morning and I think that's something else for you to kind of like discover if you're more morning person, afternoon, whatever it may be. Um, but so I like to do my creative work in the morning. So whether that be writing an email to our email list or, you know, any, anything creatively, any design work, I really like doing design or branding. Um, and then generally right around, you know, 11 AM, um, lunchtime is generally when I'm doing workshops for companies, um, to early afternoon. Um, and then any calls that are scheduled with potential new clients, um, you know, really anyone I'm chatting with generally I'll do in the afternoon as well. And that's, that's, um, I personally like doing it that way because I know I can get a little like down and not down in the afternoon, but kind of more sluggish because mm -hmm. um, I do operate better in the morning. So having those conversations with people, you know, kind of lifts me up and energizes me as well. Um, but before, you know, the pandemic hit was doing a good amount of traveling and, you know, getting out into offices and things like that. But for the most part, like many people, you know, have been working um, at home as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I really missed too about, um, you know, work was traveling. So I, I do a lot of travel to Boston, DC, um, SF, and, and it was a really exciting, exciting experience. And I think this is probably one of the few years in my life where I haven't traveled at all. And, um, you know, <laughs> um, done a little bit of, um, I would say, local travel, uh, which has been nice. And I know this, it's been like a new trend I think for most people is just exploring where they already are mm -hmm. um, but um, I would I would be curious like what are some what are some tips that you offer I know that you mentioned that you talk to a lot of HR leaders and companies what are some tips that you offer to them during your workshops that you would say you know are, are some quick bites sound bites that our listeners can take away today mm. so a great strategy or really approach is to start your morning on your own terms. Um, and I think a lot of the times we hear about morning routines, but they can be like a little daunting. And I feel like often people kind of fall off of them. And so by starting your morning on your own terms, what we recommend is just taking a minute when you wake up to answer three questions that starts your day off in a positive note and on your own terms um, and really set the, set the groundwork or the foundation for the day. Um, and those three questions are, what can I look forward to today? Uh, what has potential to stress me out or worry me today? And how will I choose to respond to it? So getting ahead of what you could anticipate, of course, things come up that you can't anticipate, but by choosing how you're gonna respond, you're able to take back that control um, that we, we often crave as human beings is that we don't wanna feel out of control or have that uncertainty. And then the third question is setting the intention for how you want to feel, right? So kind of going back to that words to live by list mm -hmm. and choosing one word or a phrase um, and, you know, deciding how do you want to feel at the end of the day and what do you need to do or not do often to make that a reality. And by just answering those questions, you know, it takes less than a minute to do. You're able to start your morning on your own terms and really set the day up for, um, for success in whatever way that you define it to be. Love that. Yeah, I think just embracing the power that we have over our mornings and not, you know, having to necessarily uh, follow anyone else's routine, because at the end of the day, you're the one that has to make peace with it. You're the one that's got to go through it. It's got to work for your own lifestyle and your own goals. Um, and, and I will say that, you know, just going back to like words to live by and values, there's there's words to live by and values that we might have and and, you know, we're attached to. But 
in, in practicality, maybe we don't actually live by those words. Maybe we don't actually embody the values that, that we think we, you know, so strongly um, are attached to. And, and I think that that gap um, is sometimes where, where, when we talk about misalignment, right? And so for the, for, for the people that are listening that might be feeling a little bit you know, like I'm not really in line with my values or my words to live by. Um, you know, I, I think it's so important to just kind of, you know, take those small steps um, to to start embodying those and like start with small habits and let them compound over time. And I really love those questions that you also mentioned. It, it reminds me of, I don't know if you're familiar with the five minute journal. Mm. the five minute journal so that's something that I like to start off with they have like a morning section and an evening section and there's you know at, at night you you have a question around what were you grateful for and then a question around what would you do differently and I feel like those little little prompts to just build self-awareness over time it really kind of just shows you you know these data points of like what what is it that I keep coming back to that I want to change um, what is it that, you know, is preventing me from, from living, you know, my words or um, kind of embodying those values that, that matter to me. Um, so I really like that. Um, and then what's maybe, what's a moment that you would say is like a highlight of your career, you know, a moment that really stands out to you looking back at your journey? Yeah, so definitely. And we, we've been fortunate to have a lot of great press and exposure. Um, but I would say personally, it was the release of the documentary um, because it was about, you know, two years in the making and very personal and very close to me. I feel like it's embedded yeah. in my soul. Um, and it was pretty nerve wracking putting it out into the world because um, I'd never made a film before. You know, I thought I did okay, but wasn't really sure, right? Not many people had seen it. And so um, we did the uh, premiere of it virtually back in February of this year. Mm -hmm. And just had such a great response to it and, you know, had people that were able to join from all over the place um, that wouldn't have been able to necessarily if we did not in person. Um, so that was just a really beautiful and energizing experience um, to have that release and to have people, you know, find value in it as well. Love it. Yeah, I think, you know, starting a documentary, it, it's quite quite a mission I bet trying to you know pull everything off together and and like it's been great to see that you've been receiving all that press and you built a career through it right through through your workshops and, and consulting which is really exciting um so I'd love to know a little bit more about the types of clients that you work with you mentioned there's companies HR leaders but um, let's hear a bit more about who you work with yeah, of course. So primarily um, HR normally is bringing me in for, you know, a wellness component of the company, um, whether that be mental wellness or more of kind of a holistic approach to it. But I would say that, you know, I've worked with, it's a whole variety of different types of industries and companies because, you know, the strategies can really apply to anyone. Um, and we, even though started in America, have expanded out now globally too. So I was doing workshops for people in Japan and the Ukraine and, you know, really all over the place, which has been cool to see um, because the strategies really apply to human beings, um, not just, you know, within the USA. And so, yeah, as if people are looking for anything regarding mental wellness, it can probably fit. Um, generally, our companies are, or the companies we work with, are in between 75 and 500 employees, but you know, we've kind of gone on either end of that as well. Nice. And then 
what's maybe some feedback that you've received that you look back at and kind of just, you know, reminds you of why you do what you do? So specifically with the uh, Zoom virtual workshops, what yeah. we'll do is use breakout rooms to connect people with one another as well as learning the information. And that's been really beautiful because people, um, I get, you know, unprompted emails from people after the workshops from the companies just saying how much of an impact it made, not just to learn the strategies, but to connect with one another. Because I think that's what people have been craving, especially in the past year and a half with everything happening, is that connection factor. And um, that's been really amazing to just be able to be a, a guide or facilitator in that connection um, has been really, really awesome. Love it. Yeah. Being a guide and a connector. I think that is really, you know, sounds like your purpose, right? And what really, what really gives you or sparks joy for you is, is connection and, and reminding everyone that, uh, you know, they got to take some time out to do that as we are all here to connect and learn from each other. So really love that. Um, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Michelle, and I just want to kind of call out your documentary one more time, The American Happiness Project. Are there, are there any, you know, um, platforms that you would suggest checking out the documentary? Yeah, so probably the easiest way to find it is if you just Google American Happiness Project, it'll pop right up. Um, and you can stream it from anywhere in the world. Um, and then we'd love to connect with anyone on LinkedIn um, if you want to, or Instagram, you know, we're on social media as well. But yeah, that's probably the easiest is just to Google American Happiness Project. Love it. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Career Catharsis Podcast. I'm your host, Neha Koram. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or on LinkedIn visit my website, nehakoram.com or my career coaching business, beamcareercoaching.com. I'd love to connect with you, hear about your thoughts on the show. I'm open to feedback and I hope you subscribe for more career transformation and workplace wellness stories. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Career Catharsis podcast. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with somebody that you know to inspire someone to take the next step in their career. Send me your feedback at coach.neha.coram at gmail.com. Connect with me on Instagram at coach.neha or find me on LinkedIn. Simply type my name, Neha Koram, and you'll find me. Looking forward to connecting and see you next time.